0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined again with Jim Sebastio. Jim, hey, hi Brian, good to see you again. Uh, we're going to get uh, to our topic in a minute, but want to remind everybody uh, to go to practicalshepherding.com and tons of resources, content there that's available. Other podcast episodes, over a hundred now, Jim, that Ooh. we have hit. So there's plenty of content there, but I do want to mention one thing. To to you that you might be interested, in. if you're a pastor, or a church leader, uh, we have our cohort that is going to be beginning again. We do a 40 week video cohort that's that's partnered with the North American Mission Board. Many of you have been a part of this already, and this has been a really sweet group. Over 500 pastors in the last two years have gone through this, and we're going to be starting our third, which will start in January. But the registration is open now. If you go to the cohort page of the the website. Uh, you will find all the information and a place where you have to apply to get involved with this. Now, It's all free, by the way, but you still have to apply because we want to vet to make sure there's pastors and church leaders, certain people that we want to be a part of this and what it is geared for. So please go do that if you're interested. Those will be open for the next couple of months, and uh, we would love to have you be a part of that. That will start then in January. And Jim, I Announced some news, actually, recently, which is what we want to talk about, and something from that. And that is I announced the transition that I'm going to be making. Uh, After 17 years of pastoring Auburndale Baptist Church as a senior pastor there, uh, eight and a half years of associate work previously before that, but my first senior pastor, first and only senior pastor, 17 years that I am making a transition, and I am going to be leaving our church to go and pursue a full-time role with practical shepherding. So many of you know that I've kind of juggled both for – a lot of years now with being the senior pastor of the church and then leading this ministry. And th- the way we've gotten this far is I've brought a lot of good people in, including you, uh, to help run this ministry with me. But it keeps growing. I feel the Lord leading and it, w- and it just felt like time to make this transition. We announced it recently. put a, We put an announcement up online that I was making this transition. I will be leaving November the 8th as my last Sunday at our church. And my family and I will be going to be try to become members faithful members of another local church for the, really for the first time in my entire marriage will be so doing two that. transitions. so two transitions. So leaving the church uh, that we've pastored for 17 years and then uh, but moving into a full-time role with with practical shepherding. And out of that announcement we made, there's, there's a lot of details around that, but I'm in the middle of, of trying to walk through that transition in our church and with this ministry. But somebody wrote in in light of that and asked a really good question that doesn't get talked about a lot. We thought we would take some time to talk about it. Something I, I know you have a lot of experience just watching other friends and and mentors walk through this. How do you transition well out of a church? And how do you do it when you've maybe been there, the guy that's been there a the, uh, really long time? Uh, you don't hear about this much. One of the reasons is there's not a lot of guys that stay a long time at a mm-hmm. church, right? So that's part of the problem. But I have to say, we decided to talk about this now because I'm in the middle of this. About two months ago, we announced to the church my plans. And about two and a half months will be my last Sunday. So I'm actually sticking around to do this. So this is what we want to talk about. And Jim, I want to ask you first, to, is there biblical precedent for us to think about maybe how we go about as a pastor coming to the end of our ministry at a place and leaving well? I think there is,
1: Brian. I think there are several things that come in. And just I mean, certainly one of them is a the recognition that... Our lives and our labor are temporal. We are, we are frail and we're passing away. And so we need to number our days. We need God to establish the work of our hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's eternal. We're not. The kingdom's going to go on after us. We're here for a brief time. And at some point or other, through one means or another, our ministry is going to end. And uh, hopefully it's not going to end in shame. Uh, but it's going to come to an end. We're, we're not going to be able to do the work anymore, uh, perhaps through age or some disability. Uh, we are, are going to uh, receive another calling that we believe we should pursue. If there's something's going to happen at the church that we're not going to be able to just simply stay there anymore. Uh, retirement may come. Well, again, a, a host of things. At some point, it's going to end. And we should be mindful of that. And just like, use a secular example, just like a baseball team has a farm system with the recognition that their superstars and all-stars aren't always going to be there, that someday it's going to end. You're going to play your last game. You're going to preach your last sermon. You're going to be at your last elders meeting. Right. So. Paul recognized this, and he, he knew that after his departure that there was going to come a time he would depart, and so he prepared other men, and, and certainly he poured himself into Timothy so that when he's writing his from the cell from which he was going to be taken to a place where he would be executed, he poured into another man, a younger man, and then urged that younger man in 2 Timothy two. 2 to ensure that there would be faithful men following him, yep. because Timothy wasn't going to be there forever either. And right. So every, every ministry, every mild ministry, every great ministry, every mediocre ministry, uh, eventually comes to an end. Spurgeon preached his last sermon, you know, again, on and on you could go. And what what the question we're asking today is not when do you make that decision and how do you make that decision, it's how do you do it well. Yep. And I think what we're really asking is how do we do this in a way that to the best of our ability we're passing on the baton to somebody, that it's not just being dropped, right. that we are ensuring that the sheep entrusted to our care will, to the best of our knowledge, be well taken care of after our departure. that That's our concern. Yeah. I think that's what transition looks like.
0: Yeah, that's right, and that's a good clarification. We're, we're not going to talk about how to figure out when that is necessarily. What we're talking about is once the decision has been made, how do you walk a church through, uh, and how do you do this well to where the church is taken care of? There is someone else to be able to to take the reins and continue, continue forward. And the reason we've you know, I, it's I was a bit hesitant, but then I realized this would probably be a good time to talk about this because I'm in the middle of it. Mm. So, how do you leave? Well, I don't know. I'll let you know if I do because I haven't <laughs> yet, right? But right. I but I am in the middle of this, and I already have experienced a lot of things that have that I'm learning. And I, I joked, it's like you know, with practical shepherding, there's a there's a lot of I've been experienced through ministry. A lot of you have. This is the one thing I've never personally done, and so I'm learning a lot through this. But I will say this: I'll start here. How do you leave well? One of the things that I wanted to make sure I did is that I didn't leave the way that so many pastors leave, mm. and that's this. They, uh, the church, for whatever reason, it's either hard or difficult or they're frustrated or it's just time to go. They announce to the church that they're leaving. They're going to pastor another church. They get leave in two weeks and go pastor another church, and they get a fresh start at their new church, mm. and they leave the church they're leaving holding the bag, really, Right. No notice. No other elders or pastors who can actually be there to shepherd and lead the process to find the next guy. And so what the common situation, sadly, is a lot of churches then are left holding the bag. No leaders to really know how to walk through this process. Nobody's equipped to know how to do this, and it's a bunch of wounded sheep looking for their next shepherd. And that's how the system gets broken so often. So the starting place for this conversation and, and for my exit was – I know what I don't want to do. So I'm already going to try to set this up in a way that does. And I think so far, so good, it's gone well in that, you know, we made an announcement. I committed to stay five months to just help with the transition. By the way, that can backfire on you. Sure. So I want to acknowledge that. But I ended up having already a lot of people at the church come to me and say, hey, like, thank you for staying. Thank you for letting us know now and helping us walk through. And so now we're in the process of helping the church grieve that that I'm leaving, my own grief in leaving, and trying to figure out how to find the next person. And so that's what we're in the middle of. But I want to start there, because so many pastors walk into churches that the previous pastor, or the previous four pastors, left that way. And those churches are just really wounded from all of that.
1: Yeah, so Brian, really what we're talking about is that we're we're trying to establish a proper ecclesiology. Now again, some of this is going to depend on on your own system so if you're a presbyterian you're a methodist you, know, you you have sessions and bishops and other things over that process and in some cases even move you on and they transition and so really we're, we're really talking about in a, 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 a system an ecclesiastical system where we have and I'm careful how i phrase this some degree of control that is that uh, but we have seen, and Brian, you're in an SBC situation where it is exceedingly common. It was; it's changing to some degree. Men to have very short ministries, to leave with very little notice, and with no thought of who was left. You know, so I can. Years ago, I I had had a, a slight relationship with a pastor in the area. I ran into him uh, out in the open one time. I say, "Hey, how you doing?" He said, "Wow, well, I was just down in I won't say the place. Uh, and I'm taking a new church. And I said, oh, I said, well, w- what's going to happen to your flock here? And he just shrugged his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. that, to me, was heartbreaking. Yeah. It, it was uh <laughs> Poor guy's forever colored my view of them, you know, but, you know, it, it just was heartbreaking. It's like, eh, you know, and I was like, well, were you a shepherd? I mean, did you, yeah. do you care? The shepherd cares about the flock, right? That's yeah. that's a big part of that. Yeah. And, but even where that is the case, again, sometimes it's going to mean there's going to be a transition. So we're talking about where there is, it's not an, an emergency transition where, right. Like the guy has died, you know, and he thought he'd be there another twenty years, and the church is left like, well, you, yeah. you know, you yeah. you've seen that happen. Well, where there was a,
0: a there was a situation here in the city uh, where a pastor uh, planted a church ten years ago, but my understanding he was he was really the, the the glue still that held that church together. He got COVID and died three weeks later. Yeah, and, and so that's that church is now reeling. They weren't. I'm told they weren't prepared for him to just vanish. Yeah, like they were that. prepared for him to be there yeah. another ten years, yeah, like you right. know. And
1: I tell, I, tell my, I mean, I want to be there another twenty years, right? Uh, at my congregation, right. I don't know if that's going to happen. I have, I have heart disease, and I've had heart attacks. I've had, you know, so yeah, uh, I, I have to. I live with the knowledge that my ministry has a. A, a, a very strong limitation to it, yeah. and we've prepared for that in our congregation. And, and
0: let's go there because I think that's one of the big answers to this question: How do you prepare to leave well? Well, you actually need to prepare to leave well long before you leave. Yeah, and so I think that's where I want us to go with this first. And that, and of course, you know, you know this, and others, others listening to this know that the heart of our church has been to to train up and raise guys up and send them out. Into into pastoral ministry, and we've done that we've done that quite a bit. But the other reason to do that is also to to be constantly raising the next generation up, whether they go pat they, they pastor and serve at our church or they pastor and go serve at another church. So, but I'm in kind of an interesting situation. We've sent so many people out in the ministry, um, and the thought then of all right, well, who takes you know who takes my place now? There's a lot of guys tied up. And another, uh, one of the p- parts to our church is, is we have a, we have, a an, we have an internal pastor who served as a pastor who is one of the candidates that's being considered to take my place. So one of the things I have learned through this process, I started out saying, okay, I, I just need to recommend somebody. That, that was my first instinct when I first thought about this. And realized at, through conversation, and again, part of this is our context. We're an autonomous congregational church mm-hmm. so there's no presbytery trailing to to who to help mm-hmm. us uh and we're not elder rule we're we're, con- we're elderly congregational so the members have a lot of you know have a lot of say sure. and uh certainly on this issue so I realized even if I recommended somebody what if it's not who the congregation wanted I'm setting them up to actually have to say no to what I would say is best or they don't say anything at all, even though they may be against it. And so I realized I need to be somebody who just kind of sits and listens and helps the congregation figure out what they want. That's a different approach, even than I thought I was going into. And I know it's a different approach than you've you've experienced with other, you know, other churches. Obviously, uh, I think ideally we think we're going to have our successor that's obvious to everybody. And they're next in line, and we just hand it off to them. And, and that, that's not been as clear in, in our church. And so we're walking through a process to try to figure that out. But you have prepared for this already. Even if you stay another 20 years, what have you all as a church done in light of your health issues and the things going on? I think that's part of this conversation on how to lead well.
1: Yes, and and so you know we we had uh, a, a younger man that uh, interned with us and the congregation really fell in love with, and uh, he was really trying to determine whether he, he should be in ministry and then whether he wanted to be here with us. And part of that was with the recognition that we would labor together and share the ministry. Uh, in in my state and my physical state and be able to have that and so we share a lot of the ministry mm. uh, together. Uh, and that is going to so you know started with me doing more I still maybe uh, slightly more and it really is just slightly but you know at some point that'll transition as I get older and weaken in certain ways yeah uh, and, and and but even with that, I say that, but there's no guarantee he's going to live longer than I. You know, he, you know, you, you, we think that and we hope that, but we have two other elders, and then we you, you're on the lookout at times to see if there might be other men in the congregation that's going to help to lead, so that if one pastor dies, it's it, it's not that that's it. We have no we have no elders. We have no pastors. And so th- this is, we've talked about so many times, the necessity of, of prayerfully and laboring to establish a plurality of elders mm-hmm. so that there is a friend. You know, they're not being left without shepherds. If right. if you if you t- They do have shepherds. They have other shepherds that are there. You're one of the shepherds that of that congregation. You, you're the most prominent of the shepherds, and you have a, a place of primary leadership, but you're not the only pastor, the only shepherd at Auburndale. Yeah, that's right. And so really already that's in place, now really, what they're asking is who's going to take over the role of primary uh, leadership, uh, which is which that. is
0: a which is a unique vetting process. I'm finding you can affirm somebody as a as a pastor at the church, but and and they can have, serve faithfully and have a faithful role. The moment you ask the congregation to see them as the lead pastor or the one who will be preaching primarily, the one who will be you know setting the vision really, and so many of those things. I, that was a bigger jump than i maybe realized and i realized that as much as i've wanted to teach and we have taught and i believe this that all elders are equal in a sense of authority mm-hmm. and um and position but there's it's more organic when it comes to influence right and so i think th- this has come to light for me again as i've walked through this transition and realized i'm thinking oh we just we just appoint one of our internal you know one of our other pastors to become the next pastor mm-hmm. in line and and it's i'm finding it's not that simple and as i've talked to other pastors and churches who have made this kinds of transition they've said the same thing even though their internal guy may become the next guy it has been a process more than i realized for you know for this to be able to, uh, to take place so jim what have you found uh because you've watched some really even some of your your spiritual heroes mm-hmm. guys that have pastored 40 <clears throat> 50 years Make transitions. I'm thinking, you know, you and I know some of those same people, but right. just in a general sense, without we're not because we're not we don't have to mention names. What are maybe what's a, a th- one or two things that have that you've watched that have gone well that people have done in that transition? What's a couple of things maybe that hasn't gone well that you would want to highlight for everybody?
1: Yeah, well, Brian, I think some of the things I've seen done well is that as you as you said, there had been. There's something of a target date where a man said whether it was a year from now or two years from now. I mean, they they let it be known to the congregation. And you say that's a good thing. I think that that's a good thing. Okay, so I, that, I agree. So but that I was just that wondering. is that's out there. It's 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 open. Everybody, everybody knows that. So again, say like again. So I want to go. I want to. I if the Lord gives me life and health and ability. I have it in my heart. I want to be there for 50 years. I want to be, and, uh, and so in some of these cases, somebody who's reached a point like that, or they're getting to be 70, 75, or whatever it is. And in certain, depending on where you are, and what your physical health is, or what the circumstances of life are. So in one of the cases, one of these pastors, he'd pastored the church for over 40 years. His wife had died few years later he got remarried to a woman who lived in another state her grandchildren and children are in that other state Yep. and so he set a time and he said I'd like to wrap up my ministry here and then relocate so that she can be near her children and grandchildren which is and a good reason yeah. you know. so that was it and, and so the church knew that so you're able to look at it and say so you know let's, let's put it here so that in December 2022 I'm going to be. I will have preached my last sermon as pastor, mm. and during that time, we are going to look and pray and and see uh, who that who who is going to lead this congregation in a primary way, and that gives you plenty of time to be able to do that. And whether it's internal or whether that's external and in that case there it was they looked externally they tried internally they did have other elders but none of them were yeah. of, of this of the type that would take the primary leadership uh so did again, they hire outside the church they ultimately? did okay yeah all right they they wound up uh doing that so yeah. okay uh, and the hard thing is that when that happens <laughs> and that means then that guy has to have a transition because he's pastoring somewhere else and now he's going to He's going to say, okay, I believe my ministry here has come to an end. Well, then that means then he's got to get somebody to come in, and if that's from outside, then that other guy's got to have a transition. And don't
0: don't miss the elders who were currently there who maybe one of them wanted it, but the congregation didn't see see them. Yeah, right, right. That's another implication of all this. Right,
1: so that may may happen. You may think you have it, as you said, pretty well in in hand or in the bag, and, and it's not. Right. But so we're asking again here where you can be involved with, and again, so what's your hope? What's your goal? Your goal is that those people that you've sought to love and shepherd well will be loved and shepherd, shepherded well, best yeah. you know, the best you can tell. Right. And, and you're limited in your knowledge of that. You have no idea what's going to happen two years, three years. I've I've seen situations where I have my own idea as to why this happened, but uh uh, a very gifted pastor, and this is maybe just part of the problem. I mean, just a very, very gifted pastor that felt called to go overseas and and to work in another country. And they went through a process, and they found another man, and that man moved there, and they worked together for a period of months. And then the beloved older pastor went off overseas, and the other man The less gifted man was there, and that congregation, eventually, people just started... Had Le- now people leaving, yeah, and and part of it was they were there in part because they had a super gifted, yeah, and unusually gifted pastor. So
0: that church survived That church did not survive. Oh no,
1: okay, yeah, yeah that happens. And so right? that does happen. Yeah, it you know does. And I've looked at churches and I think, boy, that man is so singularly gifted, kind of man that people might even move across country to be there, like you know they did at Bethlehem Baptist with, or they do at Grace Community to because to, yeah. they want John MacArthur to be their pastor, you yeah, know, right. and, and then uh, those ministries, eventually they they retire. And the question is, all right, am I committed? The the member has to ask, am I committed to this? Was I committed to that man? Or am I committed to this people? Am I committed to the church? Or was I committed to that pulpit ministry? I'll
0: I'll say one of the things I'm encouraged by in our church, which I totally attribute to the Lord, I certainly can't take credit for it, is that in the last two months since my announcement, uh, we have had, uh, We've had three families that have come to the church to join, and we've told them I'm making the transition, and they still are planning to join wow. the church, which good. which I find a great amount of encouragement in. I think, you know, I, I think... It might be because you're not that good. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. <laughs> I mean, so really, I mean, I I, want our church to flourish right. years after, you know, and I think I think a pastor might be tempted to, you know, in, in a moment like that to, you know... Wanting there to be signs or something that they're they're loved or that you know the church somehow can't live without them, and I and I just I just want to reject that completely. Right, that's it's very like unhealthy. A, it is very unhealthy, and so it's very human, but very unhealthy. I have found I found a lot of encouragement that there's people coming, and then they find out that w- what's going on, and that they continue to want to go through the process. So I'm I'm hopeful of that. I'm so as far as my transition, I'm encouraged to see the Lord continuing to to work. There's a good team now in place that's going to be sorting through uh, who's going to be the next. So similar to the situation you mentioned. And, and
1: how much are you involved in that process now, Brian? Great
0: question. So I helped formulate the cert, the, the pastor search team, for lack of a better term. That are has, you on the pastor search team? I am team? not, but other other elders are and other church leaders and and I was able to help be a part of that and elders are leading that team even but there's other people who aren't elders on that team that are just other invested church leaders so I believe it's a really good strong team that's going to lead this and Brian how do you try to work it
1: out where maybe in a situation where you have several elders who have thought well you know when the time comes when the senior pastor goes I hope it's me and what if there's two of them or
0: three of them? Yeah. So that's a great How question. Do you help sort that out we, among those men? We really had to sort through that because once we realized there was a – one of our pastors is an internal candidate for this – for to take my place. Once we realized he was kind of our one potential to do that, he excused himself completely from the process. So he's not on the search team, obviously. Okay. Uh, he's not even involved in the search team at all. He's he's one. So that's the situation what I'm in. And this, this brother's in a really unique place – and he's a mature, faithful brother. I think he can handle it. But it, it it's one of that situation where he's gotta now walk through the church determining whether they want him or they yeah. wanna go outside the church to look. That's a challenging situation. That and it, it takes a special man to be able and, and and, you know, a couple, a family to be able to walk through that, which he you know, which he feels the Lord leading him to do. Hmm. But yeah, I have stepped out of once that team got appointed, I'll be around as a counselor advisor in a sense, but I'm not on the team. I have no authority in the team. And this their decision won't be made by the time I leave November the 8th. So this is good that I think it's actually going to be good that I'm going to be gone before they actually make that decision. And we have uh we have a plurality of elders to your point to be able to shepherd the church in the in the interim period. And so I really think as we as we come to kind of try to wrap this this up I think what you said earlier was probably the biggest starting point of how do we leave well? Well, make sure there's other shepherds there to care for the church, whether you're leaving now or not, because if something happens to you, you can't. You know, that's why one of the many reasons we want to advocate for a plurality of, of pastors. There's many biblical reasons, obviously, but from a practical standpoint, for you to want to serve another 20 years, but you already have a man there who, if something happened to you today, could take over and fill your place and continue in that spot and and to have that set up it's got to be a, a encouragement to you for sure,
1: Brian, let me ask one last hard question here for the brother listening here who has labored to see that happen and it just hasn't happened, yeah, and he's getting into his seventies or whatever or he's really wrestling with his own mental health and spiritual health and family health, but he feels this guilt that he can't leave because there's not a transition. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a word for that man?
0: Yeah, I mean, just blessings to that man. I mean, that's a hard position to be in, especially you and I both know men who are in that situation who have worked really hard to try to find that next man to come along. Uh, I think the best-case scenario in that situation is if you don't have plurality of pastors at the church, or even another pastor to lean on, is to uh, go ahead and start a process to go look out and try to find the person to replace you. Mm-hmm. And and then the, if you don't have a plurality of pastors, you go to the next best group. Who are your most mature leaders invested in the church that you can almost train and help set up that a, a team of people To if something happens to you that they are equipped to know at least how to go about it. Because what happens in a lot of churches, you know, the pastor drops it on them and expects them to figure it out. And so I think the next best thing, if you don't have pastors, uh, to to walk the process. Equip the next group, uh, whoever that is. It's deacons. It's your teachers, maybe. It's your very committed people who have been there a long time that have some wisdom and some maturity. To go ahead and pull them together and create a team that can already be trained and go to work. And I think that's the next best situation, but that's certainly not ideal.
1: Brian, can I dare ask one more thing? Yep. I don't know if this can be answered in just a few seconds here. Mm. There's a difference between making the transition and saying I'm gonna leave my ministry and then saying I'm also gonna leave the church. Yeah. So when a, when a man retires is, should he stay or should he go? You're transitioning to another ministry, but you've also made the decision to transition to another church. Yep. And part of that is for, the, for, I think in your mind, for the health and well-being of the church that you're remaining there would add some degree of
0: confusion or difficulty. Is that, is that accurate? It's a great question. My original plan was to stay. My original plan was to stay, serve as an elder, LA elder, and do the Southern ministry and, and bring somebody in to take my place. I went and sought counsel from several men who had walked through this, and every single one of them, without exception, said, if you're the long-term guy, it's hard to stay because it's hard – even if you do everything right, even if you support the next guy, you do all that, because the sheep who have become so attached to you, it's hard for them to attach to the new guy mm-hmm. as long as you're there. Now, right. I've seen it work other places, by the way. Uh, we know people where it has worked, but as a general rule uh, – the counsel I saw and the examples that I know it's usually not gone well when the long-term guy stays for the new guy and then the new guy has a short stint for whatever reason it doesn't work out so um I'm trying to find that middle ground based on the counsel I said I didn't want to bail mm-hmm. but I I wanted to be able to stay several months to help with the process but letting the church know up front but hey I'm leaving at this date and it actually has seemed at least up to this point it has helped with their grieving process, with my own grieving process, that we can talk and have conversation and and walk through that to get to that day. Mm. So I, I think at least at this point, I have to maybe have to change later. But um, it has made sense to me, though it has been a hard decision. It has made sense to me that because I'm the long term guy that people are attached to, I need to to step out to set the next guy up for as much success as possible. Mm. Great. Will you? So as we wrap this up, Jim, will you pray? Uh, for pastors who are either going through the transition or are just trying to think about this. They're Mm -hmm. like you, 5, 10, 15 years maybe down the road, but they want to have things in place. We pray for the wisdom Mm -hmm. for those men.
1: Our Father, we thank you that you love the church, that your son is appointed as the head of the church, and he is the chief shepherd. And Father, we do pray for faithful under shepherds who are going through the very difficult wrestling as to where they ought to labor or whether their labors at a certain place have come to an end. And Lord, we know there'll be some listening to this or in the midst of that, and they're hurting and their church may be hurting and their family is struggling. And Father, we pray that you'd come alongside them and get, grant to them the knowledge of your own fatherly love and care for them as people and for your commitment to do good uh, to that gathered people there. Father, we entrust ourselves into the faithful hands of our great God. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen.